What's good, everyone? Y'all know who this is. This is your host, Brenta Lamar of the In and Out Podcast. Did y'all miss me? <laughs> nah, I miss y'all for real. It's been a minute since last time I did one of these. Currently, I'm in the Netherlands, Amsterdam to be exact. And I'm just enjoying the summertime weather and city vibes here with wifey. Summertime is usually a time where athletes get better and they sharpen their tools. And that's what I'm doing here getting my body and skills right to have my best year yet. However, today we have a special guest. He's a Big Ten legend, a point god. And to be honest, he's just a flat out winner. I'm grateful JT had the time to join my podcast as he shares his journeys and story to y'all. Without further ado, I wanna welcome Jordan Taylor to the in and out podcast. Let's get in and out. Let's go, let's get it. What's up, Pod? Today I'm joined with a special guest. Uh, he's a well-decorated player and just a flat-out winner. Uh, he's played on many big clubs and teams throughout his career. And in my eyes, he's a college legend. And I'm just grateful he took the time to join my podcast and join the In-N-Out Pod. I know y'all going to love this guest. So without further ado, Jordan Taylor, welcome to the pod, my man. How's everything been, man? Man, appreciate you having me. It's good, man. It's good. Just chilling, you know. Trying to uh, trying to stay afloat and you know just keep keep positive spirits amongst COVID like everybody else and of course yourself in the yeah in a different situation in Russia so you know just trying to trying to keep positive thoughts and vibes to everybody and myself as well. Yeah, man, appreciate that. And I know it's it's a difficult time, but man, we making it. You know that's what we do. But let's get right to it, man. Uh, so growing up in Minnesota, man, what was that like? Uh, just to hoop there as a kid, you know, I don't really see that many. Well, I don't really talk to that many people, hoopers, in my opinion. I know there's a lot out there, but just people I ran across, I, I'm from Cali. You know, I see people from Cali, from the South, <laughs> from, you know, New York, East Coast, DMV, but not really from Minnesota, Midwest, man. Like, like, how was that growing up as a kid hooping? Man, it was, um, it was dope. It was dope because, um, one, for one, we had, you know, when I was growing up, KG was with the Timberwolves. So, and it was a relatively new franchise, but, you know, KG and when I think when I was a kid when like Steph uh, Marbury got drafted and KG was there and, you know, there was a lot of impact from those dudes in our, in the Metro, in our, in our community. Like we had this, I don't know if anybody remembers Chris Carr. Um, he's, he's an older guy. He actually finished the, the dunk contest that Kobe won. Chris Carr finished second. So when I was growing up, we trained with Chris, you know, he was big, a big impact for me and my, me and my friends. Um, and it was always kind of like, it was dope going to places because you always kind of got slept on. And now Minnesota is kind of like seen as a hotbed because we got, you know, like Chet Holmgren's out of Minnesota, uh, Paige Becker, Bucher's is out of Minnesota, uh, Tyus Jones, obviously, Jalen Suggs. Like we got all type of dudes now. And it's funny because everybody's like, oh, Minnesota's got hoopers now. But when I was growing up, we had this cat, Khalid Alamine, who played with uh, Rip Hamilton at UConn and won a national title. 
And I looked up to Khalid and, you know, Khalid, when I was coming up, he was going out to New York to play with the Gauchos. And that was like, you know, that was in the nineties when the Gaucho New York basketball was, was everything. Yeah. So like Khalid, Khalid was a, was an icon to me. <laughs> and then we had Troy Bell, who was a, who's big bro, who, you know, was a damn near lottery pick in LeBron's class. Um, so we had so much talent um, that I got to see and play against growing up um, where it was, you know, it was kind of one of those things where it's like we get slept on, but at the same time, you kind of, you, it's almost like an advantage because I didn't seen all the talent that, that mm -hmm. y'all out in Cali see, maybe not in the same way, you know, y'all got an abundance of talent. We don't have as much of it, but we got, you know, you got killers in Minnesota too. So it was, uh, it was definitely, it was definitely a dope experience uh, coming from there and, you know, being one of the, the top players to come out of there is definitely a blessing um, with so much talent. No, nah, for sure, man. Like you said, man, like a lot of great talent been coming out of that Minnesota region, man. It's, it's dope to see, you know, I feel like there's, you know, like people like yourself paved the way, you know, uh, so. But uh, I, I, like as a kid and everything and growing up, who did you mod your game after? Oh, man, you know. Honestly, because there wasn't NBA TV back then. Mm -hmm. So my favorite players was like Allen Iverson and, and Kobe, you know, just like like AI, just like yeah. everybody else for real. But then, you know, I, I watched like Chauncey Billups and Terrell Brandon every yeah. night. Because yeah. you know, we we watched the Timberwolves. There wasn't no it wasn't NBA League pass like that. There wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got the NBA on NBC. Um, but you know, that I got to see who was local and you know, I always joke around because all the Minnesota got like, even the guards that are explosive, like Jalen coming out, he's in Orlando yeah, right yeah. now. Like we're all, all the Minnesota guards kind of got that like basic package, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Where it's like, yeah. you know, fun, somewhat fundamental uh, ties to his greatest ties. Is he's had a crazy career. Like he's got the yeah. assist to turnover record in the NBA. Like that's what he, you know, that's obviously he's capable of so much more. But, um, but yeah, definitely like Chauncey Billups, Terrell Brandon. Um, I got to see some of Sam Cassell in high school. So my thing coming up was mid-range, mid-range, mid-range all day. Yeah. So. No, no, no. I feel you, bro. Like like you said, all the all the Minnesota, like, Hoopers, like you said, Tice, feel like they just always so solid, you know? Like, yeah. Cali, we got the little, you know, we, we – I was people say we pretty boys out there on the court, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, got, you got the DMV, they just want to kill everybody. They They – they scored, they pressing 94 feet, you know, so no, nah, it's, 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 it's dope to see, man. And uh, I feel like, you know, I've seen a couple of your games uh, and everything like that. And you one of those solid brothers too, man. You, you know yeah, how to play, it. bro. So yeah, dope. I, I feel like it's a product of just that region and that area. So that's pretty dope. And you, said, and you said, you said, you know, you, uh, you, you watch guys like AI and Cove and, you know, you but you really like study Chauncey because you know we kind of follow the guys that we kind of, I guess, mimic. You know, I obviously I'm a fan of LeBron, but I know I'm not six eight man, and I know I'm right. like a freak athlete. But as a point guard, man, what do you think is is the most important quality you must have to play your position at a high level? Ooh, you know, honestly, that's probably changed uh from the time i was a kid to now but you know i think at the end of the day it's kind of one thing you notice about guys who play is they're all steady regardless regardless of uh and steady's kind of a broad term but just um 
they're all uh, solid, steady. I would say, like, even if you look at a dude like James Harden, yeah. um, you know, what I'm saying versus Chris Paul, who play the game very differently. Like Chris Paul won't turn it over, yada yada yada. But you know, I think at the end of the day, I'm, I would trust James Harden to run my team in the fourth quarter, just like I would trust Chris Paul to run my team in the fourth quarter, even though their games are entirely different. And you know, I think maybe. You know, you don't see it as much now, but especially when James, like coming up, James Harden, when he was in OKC, you know, you saw him get the ball in the fourth, even though he had KD and Russ there. Like James Harden was the one running the show late in the game, and obviously he still is too. Last year you saw him kind of do the same thing in Brooklyn a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he was running the offense. He was getting guys involved. Um, I'm trying to think another dude who's who's like that. Uh, My brain, you know, I love watching Andre Miller growing up, like Mm -hmm. dudes like that. So I think. Overall, just like uh, just being just being steady, solid. And then obviously the more uh, ability you have to, to break people down, to make shots, then to me, that's just bonus. That's, you yeah. know, that's what separates those guys like Chris Paul, James Harden. Cause, yeah. But main, the first the first and foremost is they're, they're masters at getting guys involved and staying steady. And then their offensive packages are obviously yeah. unmatched. No, I hear you, man. Like, like, like you said, man, steady. But consistency always gets you paid, bro. That's that's always a fact, you know. So yeah, um, I want to transition just a little. I know we're moving quick, uh, but there's so much I, we we're gonna touch upon, which is which is which is why I wanted to have you on this pod. But uh, can you talk to me about your high school career? Um, you know, I knew you were uh, Mr. Basketball of Minnesota, which is crazy. You know that 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 that's just crazy. You know, not many athletes could say that, you know. So talk to me about how was your high school career and how was just that experience? Oh, man, it was crazy. Um, I went to a private Catholic school um, coming up. And, you know, like I said, growing up in, in Minnesota, my brother is seven years older than me. So I used to, you know, I was a little tight. I was a little baby, but I, I would go I would go watch Khalid. Like he went to schools that would play against Khalid, I mean, and, and Troy Bell, he played against Troy Bell. Um, so I would get to watch them. So for me, everything I did in high school was pretty much trying to match them. Like I was like, damn, you know, I seen Troy at Boston College winning Big East Player of the Year. Um, I seen Khalid win national titles. Chris Humphreys, I knew growing up. I went, used to go watch his games, Lawrence, yada, yada, yada. But um, so for me, it was always um, – it was always about trying to hold, because you know I'm not gonna sit here and say we like I said we don't have talent like in LA, but it was always trying to meet the standard of guys who were playing at a higher level. Yeah. You know whether you're playing, you know how it is in high school. Sometimes you play really good players, sometimes you don't play so good players. Right. So in Minnesota, you don't always get that every night in night out. Um, so it's just always trying to challenge myself to try and meet that standard. Um, and then beyond that, it was, uh, you know, it, it was cool because I remember I wanted to transfer to go play with my friends, a bunch of my friends had transferred to this public school and I wanted to go play with us. So I want, like, I was like, Hey, let's go win a bunch of state titles and we're all going to college, yada, yada, yada. And my pops kind of, he let me entertain it, but then he was like, look, you could try and leave a legacy or you could try and go play with your friends as far as like, and he, I mean, that's always been his thing is just doing your best at everything. And he said, if you do good, if you do good things, the money will follow yada, yada, yada. So I ended up staying at my school and fortunately one state, one Mr. Basketball, uh, one Gatorade player of the year. Um, and, you know, looking back on it, it was it was a blessing in disguise because I don't think I would have done all those things that I made that decision to go to go to a different school. So um, 
yeah it was it was just dope man like i i guess i don't know how else to put it um just playing in minnesota was you know sometimes you i wish that i could have been from a different state just to see but i you know i also value like i said you know someone like myself if i would have been in cali you know maybe i wouldn't have gone to wisconsin i would have gone to maybe you know a smaller cali school and all the good things that that came my way you know you could you could do the same exact things be the same exact player right and yeah. just do it somewhere else and maybe it just gets overshadowed because you're not nice. quite as good as the next guy so that's something that i've always uh i guess thought of i'll jump the highest i ain't the fastest but i can yeah. play yeah. so um yeah i looked at it like uh, that, that's another thing i've always thought about is being able to go to wisconsin out of minnesota and you know i think obviously being at wisconsin and being on espn plays a lot into how those awards get thrown out and mm -hmm. and this that and the third which is which has been good for my career no i hear you bro like everything you said man i like for for myself i went to a catholic school too i went to all boys catholic school and we won state as well and you know i mm -hmm. was i was you know first team all state and and personally i feel like i was one of the top players in state but you know, my winning state probably got overshadowed by teams like Modern Day. Well, I don't know if you heard of like the like Modern Days of Los Angeles, like those big clubs. You know, so uh, I definitely do understand what you're saying with just you being overshadowed, you being in the same um, uh, just 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 circle. So, uh, but with that being said, man, you you said you talked about uh, just your time at uh, your time in high school and, and you, you said that you you were blessed enough to attend the University of Wisconsin. What what are the schools offered you at the time um, throughout your high school process? Man, um, Notre Dame, Dayton, uh, Wisconsin, Green Bay, um, Penn State. OK. Uh, but I commit and that, that uh, there's one other one. I committed before my junior even started. So I was 15 years or 16 years old when I committed. Yeah. Um, I committed real early. Uh, back then, back then. Damn, 16? Yeah, yeah. Like I say back then, like I'm hella old, but <laughs> real, real talk back then it was like the, it, I don't think uh, colleges were looked at the same way necessarily as they are now. Like it was like, mm -hmm. If you were the man, you were really going to one of the big schools like Duke. Yeah. One of them schools, obviously, similar yeah. to now. But guys weren't looking at fit like that. Yeah. Some people were. Some people were. But it was more just about, like, where can I go play? And I'm going to be a D1 athlete. Like, and can I get on the court? Yeah. Like, a lot of the styles were similar. They weren't. Like, people talk about Wisconsin style all the time. The style that North Carolina runs compared to Wisconsin, like, they're both old school and somewhat slow, but North Carolina's athletes were just elite. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So back then it wasn't really a it's not so much about like, oh, where does my game fit in? So I went to a Wisconsin football game when I was 15 and they offered me or 15, 16, whatever it was, and they offered me, I saw some girls. I had a great <laughs> time at the school. My, my you know, two seniors that I went to high school with were in school there. The atmosphere was crazy at the football game. So I was like, and my, I was like, shoot, I'm ready to commit right now. My dad made me sit down and like, and, uh, shoot, you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here, man. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, my dad made, my dad made me sit down and go through the board and be like, who's on the roster? 
um, you know, when can you get on the court, yada, yada, yada. Like, ideally, yeah. if you play well, can you get on as a freshman? It was like, yeah, you could potentially play some as a freshman if you do what you're supposed to. So I was like, cool, let's do it. I didn't know what the swing offense was. <laughs> I didn't know none of that. Like, I, I wasn't paying attention. I was like, I know if I go somewhere, um, I know if I go somewhere, I'm going to make it work out. That was, that was my mentality. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, it did. Like, looking back, there are probably some schools that could have fit my my style of play better. But, yeah, look, I, I had a great experience, and it was uh, – a. It was it was great. So no, I hear you, man. But like you chose right, man. I'm a I'm a I'm a name. I, I like I said, man. There's a lot of accomplishments and, and, and stuff. I'm a name. I'm a name. Some man, like Jordan, man. You you're one of the eleven finalists for the Bob Cousy Award, which is given to the best PGs in the nation. You're awarded second team All American by Yahoo and joined names such as like um, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Kimba, I think Derek Williams was on that list that year and everything like that. Picked for first team All American by Fox Sports, a Wooden Award top 50 list, man. I can keep going. All Big Ten first team, All American team, AP, AP, man. Blue Ribbon Yearbook and Athlon <laughs> Magazine, Naismith Trophy top 50. Bro, you chose right. So I, I, I get what you're saying. Other schools, you know, probably would have fit you, but you chose right. You did your thing, man. Uh, but with that, with all these accomplishments, like what did you learn about yourself throughout throughout like your college year? Because you know, first year is always tough for us. You know, I had I had yeah. you know that 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 adjustment time of, of playing college first year. So what did you learn about yourself, man? Oh man, um, a lot. Honestly, I probably learned. I think that I think I learned my first year that if if I really put my mind to something that I could, that I could do it. Honestly, like truly believe that. Like, I don't know, like I said, I was, I wasn't the fastest. I wasn't, I couldn't jump the highest. I wasn't the most skilled, but I, I was good at a lot of different things. Yeah. Right. And I think after my first year of college, I played a little bit, but in the summertime I went home. And like I mentioned earlier, I got to play with dudes like Troy Hudson in the summertime and Chris mm -hmm. Carr and NBA pros. And I was out there, you know, I was, I was doing my thing and I think I kind of real, that was kind of like the first time that I truly, truly, truly believe. I don't know what you think or other hoopers. Like, I think it's always like you believe you can go to the league or you believe you could do this, that, and the third. But that that was probably the first time after my first year, I was like, oh, yeah, like if I really put some work in, like I'll have a chance. I have a mm -hmm. chance to to go play in the league, like get some looks or, or even shit. Or even, you know, at worst case, go make some money. I didn't really know nothing about overseas at the yeah. time, but, you know, I, I really believe I can make a, a good amount of money playing basketball. Um, that that was probably my freshman year. And then, you know, by my junior year, it's it's honestly such a whirlwind when stuff happens like that. And I improve so so quickly as a as a player. Um, you know, the biggest thing, a lot of it, a lot of my learning now is probably in retrospect. But I think the biggest thing I probably learned was to always kind of have a plan. Um, like I said, you know. My dad helped me with that. I was fortunate to have him help me with that as far as like looking at where I could go play, um, you know, or looking at uh, if I could get minutes here to hear this or that or whatever. Um, my trainers helped me have a plan in terms of like what I needed to work on in, in the offense to, to have success. And, and honestly, I was very fortunate to have people around me at the time that were good at kind of helping me lay those plans out. Yeah. And, you know, as a as a grown as a grown man, now I wish I could go back and, you know, be even more hands on with the plan, of course. Yeah. 
like we like hindsight 2020 for all of us um but i think i think i learned how important it was to to plan before you work yeah man i i definitely understand what you said like off camera we were t- we were just talking about you know you gave me some little advice like like you said like know what you want to do and plan for that you know so mm-hmm. you know in retrospect like you said like you still kind of doing the same thing what you what, what you're telling me you know and stuff like that which is pretty dope to see uh but um you know just a little bit more about Wisconsin man like like going to a, a Big Ten school like that man that's 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 huge you know and especially yeah. all the accomplishments you had what was your favorite moment playing there oh man honestly that's I mean you know how it is this is you There's know how so college, many. college experience is different man it's, it's different bro it's different man like even talking to you know I was never fortunate enough to get to the league but even talking to friends in the league, like they, they, some of them will say that that college vibe is just, you never really can recapture that. No matter what. Um, man, there, there's nothing like walking. You know, we played Ohio State when they was number one and we walked out and there was probably whatever it was, you know, 10, 15,000 people out there, you know, screaming 35 minutes before the tip off. You know, we out there warming up. You know, you go to Michigan State and it's, same thing, same thing at the Breslin. You know, you're out there warming up. It's already 8,000 people out there screaming at you, calling you names and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, so it's just, you can't, that's really lightning in a bottle. Like, you can't really recapture mm-hmm. uh, those type of environments, even in Europe, because like it doesn't have the same personal feel. Some personal, uh, vibes, even though some yeah. of the crowds are crazy. Yeah, the, the crowds are crazy, but it's just, it's not the, you know, you want ESPN, you got Dickie V or Jay Billis over there. You know, yeah. commentating the game and um, man, it, it it was different. I was watching the the Wisconsin game the other day when they just beat Purdue, uh-huh. and I I kind of got chills just watching that and kind of yeah. got you know a little like uh, reminiscent. And I was like, damn, I missed that. Like, yeah, um, because it's it's that type of stuff that really makes you like really makes you fall in love with the game over and over again. Like, even if you not. Like I said, me watching that game the other day, I was like, damn, like that really like motivated me to go get in the gym again, even though even yeah. though you're probably not gonna play in front of a crowd like that again. But it's yeah. like, damn, that's like the stuff. I mean it's cliche, but that's really the stuff like as a kid that you dream of and it's it's it was it was amazing. It was amazing, man. I hear you, man. Looking back at it, uh me and my like my best friends, we still talk about just the, the college days, like my my teammates that I was in college with and you know, we 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 talking about you know the times where we getting cut before a big game, you know, like the times after yeah. a big game or something like that, or even after, like I know, like like you said, it's cliche, but even after a loss, you know, like sometimes you you, you look back and be like, man, you got smacked by them dudes, man. But it was just like you know, like it, it, it it's a feel. <laughs> the feel is different. It's a more of a personalized brotherhood and playing in college. So I definitely can can relate to you just with the experience of you know just playing in front of big crowds, playing against different teams with your brothers. You know, it's like you said, it's different playing professionally. You're not going to play against, you know, that many people or crazy fans. I mean, you play against crazy fans in in, in Europe and stuff, but like it feels different when you're back at the crib, you know, like it it just, it just feels different, bro. You know, so I definitely. It's it's a different energy. It's a different energy. I'll never forget. We played Purdue when I was there and there was like six minutes left. It was a sold out crowd. I think Purdue was in like second. He was in third. It was a big game, whatever. Yeah. And the chancellor of our university was there. 
and she came out and announced uh she came out it was snowy as hell she came out and announced with six minutes left like talking about if the basketball team wins then we're gonna have a snow day tomorrow and the crowd just went crazy like all oh, like all classes are canceled y'all the crowd went crazy that's one of the loudest like environments i've been we ended up winning the game Ooh. like i remember out that night people had to walk backwards in the snowstorm to get out like people was going out to the spots or whatever so it would man it's just yeah like to to talk about the personal level and then you going out with your friends after yeah, you yeah. have a great time so you just man there's really that, that could compare no i hear you bro i hear you but uh so, we're gonna transition away from college man uh so you had an amazing college career man um, you know, I, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about just how was your professional career and, you know, did you expect to, to, to get drafted? Like, how was that transition professionally from college to, to, to overseas and, and, and that whole aspect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, after my junior year, probably my best year in school, um, I was going to come out of school. I was thinking if I talked to, you know, agents or whatever. And uh, I talked to agents. I talked to, I think it was Stu Jackson at the time. It was like kind of they give you your projection on where they think you'll go. And they said anywhere from late first to, to late second. And at the time, the lockout was after my junior year. Um, so I was like, man, I could come out. If you go second round, your contract's not guaranteed. and You got to go overseas mm. or you could come back or whatever. So ultimately, obviously, I decided to, to come back um, to come back to school. And I ended up having having ankle surgery uh, that summer. And then the next year was just tough. I just never got 100% uh, physically. And um, coming out, uh, I, I played for the Hawks summer league right away. I thought, you know, I thought I still had a chance to get drafted, like I was saying, still probably early second to, to undrafted the next year. And, you know, I played for the Hawks summer league and I just, unfortunately for me, I just could never really get quite healthy again. I ended up having like seven surgeries in eight years wow. after that. And, you know, honestly, that was probably one of the most difficult, probably one of the most difficult things I've been, I've been blessed that that's probably one of the most difficult things I've had to go through in my life. Cause obviously it's relatively small, but, um, you know, it was, it was a mental grind, you know, going overseas. My first, I think I got to, I ended up signing to Rome. I actually turned down money in 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 um, Montenegro, which is in Yugoslavia, um, because I had no idea where the hell Pagarica was. Mm -hmm. um, and so I ended up going to Rome. You know, we used to fly a charter at Wisconsin and all that and whatever. Do do do. I get to Rome, maybe there for two days. We have two two a days. I'm jet lagged, and they talking about we going up to a city called Bormio, eight hours away up by Switzerland and we taking a bus and I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold it. Whoa, bus. <laughs> bus. Like what you talking about? To the airport yeah, or like yeah. what you mean? Like so we on a bus for eight hours. We get to the hotel room. The beds are this close together. Ooh. Like I'm with an attack my Italian teammate who he speaks English but not that great. I don't know this dude and literally the beds are pushed together. So first thing I do is spread the beds apart. Yep. Like like, you know how it go. Yeah. And then on top of that, <laughs> I think it was a day my all my friends like said, Where you at? Like we're about to meet up at the I'm like, so I'm over here sick. Like yeah. I ended up I, I ended up going to the airport like a month later, ready to go home. My pops talked me out of it. Um so I ended up staying <laughs> and 
you know, we had we had a good year that we ended up going to the finals and um I had a lot of interest from Toronto coming out from with Colangelo, but he ended up getting fired yeah. uh right before summer league started from Masai Ujiri. Yeah. And massage just wasn't really messing with me the same way. Um, and then after that, like I said, the, the surgery just kind of started. But the, the transition from college to to pro was, um, especially overseas, it was just a mental grind. Like like you said, you talked about in college how hard it was that first yeah. year. Yeah. Changing up, it was just a, it was a, probably 100 times worse, just, you know, not knowing nobody. You don't know where to go. Not everybody yeah. speaks the same language as you. So it was – it was definitely a, a culture shock and a mental grind for sure. No, I hear you. Uh, we all dealt with that whole transition of just coming to a new place. My first place was was France, so I I, I was in the city Nancy, so it was it was a little bit better. You know, Nancy was uh, yeah. it was it was more France is more Americanized, and you know you're in Rome, and that's a little more Americanized. But some athletes, mm-hmm. some 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 hoopers, you know, they're not fortunate to go to good situations like that. But I definitely yeah, understand no. what you mean, like the culture shock, and and I know it must be tough, man, to 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 you know just have so many injuries pile up after that. And, and, and I want to talk talk about um, you know a little bit deeper into that, you know, just dealing with injuries and you know like. For for example, my, myself this year, you know, I had I had COVID, you know, and first time, mm-hmm. and you know, just recovering and everything like that. So how was how was just recovering from injury and mentally staying intact and enjoying the process, not necessarily worry like worry about you know, like what what what's gonna happen because you know every day you gotta wake up, go to the gym, go to rehab, go to, that shit can get low, you know. Uh, it can get a little boring and stuff like repetitive. So, how was talk to me about you know that aspect of adversity? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it, it's it steals your joy for real. Like, yeah. it really like it, it kind of takes your love for the game. Um, for me, like I love, I've always loved basketball, and it, honestly, the only thing I can really compare it to is like a bad, bad. Like, if you're going through it with, with your shorty or with your girl or whatever, yeah. like that's really the only thing I can really compare it to because um, it's like, man, the stuff you love to do, you really can't do it the way you want to. It feels like it's kind of being taken away from you and you almost f- kind of feel powerless uh, to fight it. So for me, um, you know, it was dope. Cause I kind of learned, I learned for one, like, you know, as uh, coming out of college and you, whatever you're on top of the world, like you kind of feel like you, you this, you that, and you kind of realize that, you know, you shit you better all these things better go right for you to do for you to do your thing which is the humbling experience you know what i'm saying like um health is health is such a big part of of our game um that kind of gets overlooked and you know i like i always felt bad for guys like derrick rose because you look at him and it's like man like look at how special he could have been if if he didn't i mean we all know that story but yeah um yeah, you know, it just kind of taught me that just to to kind of keep going like again if you got a plan for what you want to do and if you know if you really want to get it done the only thing you can do is just keep pushing forward again that sound kind of yeah. sound kind of cliche but you know i spent yeah. i probably spent years at this point in rehab just simply because that's i wanted to play basketball yeah um but you know i also can take that like i said i'm gonna be done probably i mean i'll be done playing sooner rather than later now at this point yeah. i'm 32 
So all the lessons that I've learned from being injured, um, I'll, I'll be able to take with me to, to my next profession and hopefully use that as a tool. I definitely hear you. And I just feel like that's a, that's a testament to just who you are. You know, you, you, you're a very persistent player. You know, you, you dealt with a lot. Like you said, you were never the, 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 the tallest. You're never the fastest. You ain't doing no 360 between the leg, Jones, dunk, you know, like, <laughs> You yeah. just always stayed the course, you know, you always, like you said, kept going and, and pushing, pushing through it. I think that's, that's a reason why you made it to the level where you're at, you know? And I think that's why, you know, like I said, I think this interview and people listening to your story, it's going to transcend outside of, you know, basketball, outside of sports, you know, you even talk about it, you know, you want to have this, you know, like the mentality, what you had through sports, and transition to, you know, what's going to be outside because, you know, it's going to be the same grind. You know, I know that. And, and you know, I feel like it takes a special type of person to, to be as successful on the court than off the court, you know. So I definitely can see that for yourself, man. And, and, and just by me talking to you, man, like, like I definitely see that no matter what you're going to do, man, you're going to be successful. So I hear you with I that, appreciate- man. Um, I want to, I want to keep, uh, moving a little forward, man. Like, like you played in, you know, Italy, Germany, Israel, Turkey, France, and now in Japan, um, you know, what were outside of, you know, you being injured, what, what were some of those hardest moments you've experienced and, and how did you get through those moments? Ooh, um, you know, I think the some of the hardest ones were probably dealing with coaches over here <laughs> to be honest because like, you know what i'm saying like dealing with dealing with the culture and the coaches is like um especially as a point guard you grew up kind of like mm, like american point, guard. point guards yeah. are supposed to control the game and in europe they kind of want you to control the game how they see fit yeah you know what i'm saying which which is true of america too so i mean but there's just a little more freedom in America, a little more collaboration rather than, you know, yeah, it, it's a lot of micro man. And yeah, a lot of dick, yeah, for lack of a better term, yeah, dictator for sure. And like um, micromanaging of the game in, in Europe. So it's that, that was always hard for me mentally. Like I would, man, I would, I would get in verbal altercations with my coaches, my dad, I'll tell you, like, I didn't, I don't like, I didn't like any of them at, at the beginning of my career. Like, yeah. it got to the point where my dad was like, do you like any, you like any of these dudes? And I was like, damn, no, nah, not really. I guess not. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, man, I had, I had one coach, he was probably like 10 years older than me talking about, he wants to be a father figure to me overseas. I was like, what? Like, he yeah. called my dad in the middle of the season, like just doing unprofessional sh- like stuff. Yeah. And I was like, it, it, it was just a lot. It was just a lot mentally to deal with, but again that it's uh you look back on it now and then it's like that type of any adversity for me i look at it as like i I gain confidence from that because i'm like damn if i could put up with that then shoot i could put up with the next thing no problem no matter what it is like yeah um so you kind of you gain a lot of you gain a lot of confidence and a lot of uh belief in yourself from yeah from any situation like that whether it's injury or coaches teammates whatever it is you know familial stuff no, I hear you. And, and, and you, you, t- you said some, I just want to just get into a little bit, but you said micromanage with, with just coaches and stuff like that. How do you, as a point guard, continue to play your game, but also, you know, 
play what the coach wants, play how the coach wants you to play. You know, I feel like as a point guard, that's tough, you know, because if, you know, like myself, I'm, I'm a combo guard. Sometimes I, yeah. I, I want to shoot more. Sometimes coaches want me to, you know, so it's like you're torn between sometimes what the coach wants you to do, but like, you know, but what you want to do, you know? So how, how do you, how did you deal with that? You know, honestly, not the best at times. Yeah. <laughs> at times, I was really just – it kind of took me out of my game because, you you know, sometimes you get to overthinking. But I think at some – most of the time by, you know, as the season went on, the best way, in my opinion, to deal with it is just to say fuck it. Like, excuse yeah. my language, but just good. to be like, you know, forget it and and produce. If you produce, then – that, that that's yeah. in, in professional basketball at the end of the day you produce then people really not going to say much to you um generally speaking like obviously there's situations in europe where you know you produce and if you don't have the right attitude they still won't be messing with you but yeah. so i would say i would say produce and just kind of oblige or go along with what they say and just put up numbers and don't give them, yeah. in europe don't give them too many problems i guess yeah. but I mean, then it's, again, if you produce, you're going to get paid. So, again, it all, it all depends on your ultimate goal. So I, did, I hear you. Um, transition to, to, to someone just touch a little bit on, like, yearly. How was your yearly uh, experience playing at Asheville, man? That's, that's such an amazing city. Leon, you know, how, yeah. how, how was that for you? Man, that was – honestly, that was the closest – I'll probably say that was the most fun I had playing basketball uh since leaving college playing in EuroLeague just because that was probably the closest thing that you could get to with the crowds that we were talking about and like the competition especially now with like um the way they do it it, there's a there's kind of a level of of cachet that you get with EuroLeague now just because of social media you know I'm saying like now you know you get to be on you know, you'll be on social media, you'll be on Swiss cultures, you'll be on, you know, whatever. There's just yeah. a lot. There's more media coverage around EuroLeague than there is any other um, league outside the outside the NBA. Yeah. So that that plays into it, too. You know, it's kind of like which, you know, it's it's not why you play, but that's the fun part of it. There's more eyes on you. You get to show what you can do. And then, uh, of course, playing, you know, playing for Tony Parker was, was dope. You know, he yeah. was uh, as far as owner goes, like. That was probably one of the best, you know, owners that I had experienced in in Europe um, of a team. You know, he was always accommodating. And you know, my mother, and my mom got cancer um, early in the year, and he allowed me to to go home for like three weeks. Which, yeah. you know how you know how the Europeans so, are like. I'm, it's no situations. They might, man, they might not even let you go go home at all in some situations. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I think my coach wanted me to go for like three days and Tony was like, not you good. Like go home for three weeks. It was in preseason too. So, yeah. um, you know, they, they took care of you uh, definitely. And it was, uh, the, the organization was amazing, you know, going from like Barcelona to Madrid and back home. And then you're going to play your French league game. And then, you know, you're back on the road going to, to Moscow, like you touching every big city in Europe. Yeah. It was, it was fun, man. It was like, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Practice was light. So it's just a lot of games and you get to play yeah. against, you know, you know, we're playing against dudes coming out of the league or dudes going to the league. Um, uh, you know, I had a teammate that got drafted the year after. 
Um, so it's just fun as you play with just a lot of high level talent and you're getting paid to hoop and you're traveling all over, you're traveling yeah. every big city you think of in Europe. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dope, bro. I can I can only imagine like just like I mean, like you said, Euroleague, that's that's what we it's outside the NBA, we aspire to be a Euroleague player or you know, playing in front of, you know, big eyes and, and seeing got a lot of eyes on you. So I, I hear you on that. You know, honestly, honestly, I didn't, I didn't even know what Euroleague was until my second year overseas. Like, <laughs> so, really? Like, I didn't, I didn't aspire to play. I didn't aspire to play Euroleague. Yeah. Um, we played Fenerbahce, I think, from Turkey, my my first year in the preseason game, and they said, "Oh, they're Euroleague," and I just like, I didn't ask no questions. I was like, oh. "All right, we'll play them at some point." Like, and like it was just a, it was a preseason game. I never saw them again, so I just didn't. I really didn't think anything <laughs> of it. And so the next year, yeah. when I started team from Euroleague, we're like, oh, you know, you want to come here? And I told my teammates, and they're like, oh, you got to do that. I was like, why? Well, we, but we just play them or whatever. Like, what's the difference? Yeah. And they're like, nah. And they explained it to me. And even then, I was like, I don't give a, sh- I don't give a damn about the Euroleague. Like, I don't yeah. want to play league. Like, but you know, in hindsight, I wish I, would, <laughs> I might have taken to some different deals that I known a little better. But it was, yeah. uh, it was funny. I never, I never aspired to that. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, so transitioning outside of Europe, man, like you, like we were talking off camera too, man, like you, you have had the opportunity to, to make your way to Asia and play in Japan. Talk to me about your, that experience of just transitioning to Japan and, and what made you want to do that and, and kind of just the, like, how, how is it your experience there? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, honestly, it's been last year I was in Sapporo, which is in the north of Japan. Snows like it's like the fifth snowiest city in the world. Wow. So that was whack as hell. But it was. Uh, yeah. But overall, like being in Japan, the way the people treat you, uh, the culture is like it is a it's a dope experience. Obviously, it's not as big as far as basketball goes, yeah. but um, it's it's honestly the most professional professional environment overall that I've been in uh as a pro just in terms of you know there's a lot of a lot of freedom um you know a lot of a lot of people would know like if you go on a road game normally here if you want to stay back if there's now COVID's going on so not as much but if you go on if you play play in the road say we're in support we play in Tokyo if you want to stay in Tokyo after the game they're like all right whatever just make sure you're back for practice which like y'all know in in Europe they're not really rolling like that never Never. they yeah, they they not really rolling like that. So, um, it come coming over here, it was I, I didn't really get to go out much last year, kind of see the city. Which now, yeah. you know, you get to you know go see parks and stuff. Obviously, still don't do much because of COVID. But um, it was if I had to transition in this environment to Japan last year, I would have been on I would have been on the first thing smoking because I didn't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I would I would have been back at the crib. Yeah. So you know. My, Experiences overseas really helped me with the transition to Japan. It was it's been pretty easy, um, and you know, like I said, the the culture is super professional. Um, they take care of everything for you. If you have anything you need, like you just ask, they'll they'll try and get it done the best they can. Like it's it's honestly one of the one of the best overall environments uh, that that I've gotten to play in. Um, and as the as the competition keeps getting better and better, the league probably is going to be. Uh, I would say, I mean, one of the better leagues in the world to play in. Yeah, I hear you. That's dope. Like we talked about it earlier, like like Japan is definitely uh, 
experience uh, I, I'm curious about because, like you said, it's professional. It's an emerging market. Pay good money out there, you know. So I think, like you said, in a few years, it's definitely going to be a league where, you know, it's going to be probably seen as that CBA in a way, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I can I can yeah. definitely see that. But, um, man, uh, now we got to the – fun to the lighter part of the, the, the portion of this this uh interview man we only got a few more questions winding down but uh you know what's the craziest thing in japan that you like seeing or like eating you know i don't know if it's like something like china where you know you hear a lot of stories i heard a lot of stories i interview players who play in china and they tell me some wild stories dog so what is some what are some of those like do you have any crazy stories like that out there in asia Man, so Japan is like the opposite of China. Japan mm. is, I'm in Tokyo, and so with COVID, we don't get to do as much as I would like because, you know, they're, yeah. they're pretty strict with, with COVID as far as, like, the team yeah. stuff. But, you know, we got we got Chris out here. We got TGI oh. Friday. We got, like, anything <laughs> that's opposite ends, but, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum. But anything you want, I think we got a uh, – there's, like, a spot called Smokehouse where they got barbecue, Ooh. decent barbecue, too. Uh, yeah place called soul food house actually a couple from mississippi owns it um wow so in japan like now if you ain't ain't eating nothing crazy like at all they got nobu out here if you like sushi like it's yeah japan japan is uh it's crazy because it's like it's super westernized to a degree but culturally it is the exact opposite of western culture u.s culture yeah but then they have a lot like i said they have a lot of the stuff that we have like you got shake shack like three four shake shacks out here there. so you're good you're good yeah nah yeah tokyo tokyo's love man. It's, it's like new york city i mean obviously yeah. like i said the borders are closed but when it's open it's like new york city yeah man i like i heard tokyo is uh or japan in general is super expensive to live man like so i know you're paying uh if you go to ruth chris you paying a grip you know, you ain't just man. Paying. It's crazy though, because it's actually the grocery stores are more expensive than it is to eat out. Wow! So it's kind of crazy. Like going out to eat is not crazy. Obviously, if you want to like root Chris, I mean, you paying a grip states or yeah, Japan yeah, for yeah. real, for real. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, like going out to just restaurant, you want to go out to eat, then it's actually yeah. not that expensive. The groceries yeah. are more expensive. Crazy. We got Costco out here too, though, so I'll be at Ooh. Costco. I'll take a look. They got it. They got it. I didn't know Tokyo going like that. Okay. Raising the stock on me, man. Man, <laughs> everything you need here, man. Everything hey, you need. I hear you. Second question, man. Uh, you know, what's what's your favorite moment overseas? Like, like, do you have a favorite moment? Like when you hit a hit a crazy buzzer beater, you know, like or or, or do you have any like I don't know, your favorite moment that you like, man, I'm always gonna remember this. Yeah, honestly, probably two. I hit a I hit a buzzer beater like there was this dude uh, in Germany. We won the German Cup, and I hit a buzzer beater to go to the championship of the Ger- or game winner to to go to the uh, championship of the German Cup. And I'll never forget because I was saying our coaches was you know how they be in Europe like this dude's the best defender. We shouldn't attack yeah. him. Yada yada. yada. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the ball, yeah. ball and they he had switched on to me, and I think I just pulled from deep like. And I, I was really, I told them all week, I swear, every chance I get it, every chance I get, I'm going at him just to like spite yeah. them. And they're like, don't, like, don't, no, no, no. And they would laugh. So the game on the line, he got the switch and I ended up pulling up on him, hitting the three to win the game. Uh, <laughs> so, and I looked at the bench right after. <laughs> so, so oh, I, I'll kind of, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was one of them coaches that's kind of a micromanager too. So it yeah, was uh, love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It felt <laughs> and then honestly, the first first Euro League game I played was pretty memorable because it was just it was we played Olympiacos. And I think I had like you know at eighteen, which you know by Euro League standards is a is like eighteen and five, and we played like Spanulis and Ooh. and my boy Will Cherry was on the team and Brandon Paul. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was at our place. It was rocking. So probably that. Um, just, just getting that feeling. Like I was like, I was really, I was shocked after the game. I was like, damn, like I ain't really felt like this hooping in a minute. Like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, probably that one too. That's dope. That's dope, bro. Uh, last question, man. What is your favorite country that you've been to? Just country. What's your favorite? I heard people, people say it's Ooh. Israel. That, that, yeah. That's, that's the. <laughs> That's the one that people all everybody been telling me that I gotta get out there, Israel. But uh what's yours? Country man, that's tough. I've been fortunate to play in so many good ones, to be honest. But yeah, I gotta go. Israel Israel is the dopest country because it's always warm and the all the teams are close. That's yeah. like I had a great time in Israel. Like all your friends, like yeah. dudes I grew up playing against are out there on every team. So I, as a country, I'd probably say Israel, Israel, but my favorite place to be was Berlin, was in Germany. Because Berlin, Berlin was like, man, Berlin was cracking, the, uh, you know, the girls at the time, like, I damn near <laughs> fell in love with some <laughs> the girls out there, man. Like, so it was, it was, Berlin was, was cracking. Berlin was probably the best city, but Israel yeah. overall was, was the best place. And then honorable mention, Istanbul, for sure. Ooh, the bull. The bull. Yeah. And I played out. Yeah. I was at Gaziantep, so I was a little further away, but yeah. You know, uh it's the bull, it's the bull is the one, man. That's that's a great spot. That's a great spot. Istanbul is lit. Istanbul is big lit. So yeah. but hey man, this that this concludes, you know, this interview, man. I just want to say appreciate you again for taking the time, man. Uh we had a little technical difficulties pulling up, but uh we made it through and <laughs> I appreciate you, man, for just like like I said, taking the time and dropping some wisdom and, and, and sharing your story. It's really dope to see how far you came, man. And, and, and I'm really excited to see, you know, just your career even after basketball, man, and uh, just continue to connecting with you and uh, growing a, a, a friendship and everything, man. So I appreciate you, man. Man, love, love, love. No doubt. Appreciate you having me on for real. It was, it was fun. So yeah, no anything, doubt. anytime, anything you need, just hit me, bro. I got you, man. I got you.